Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Before we begin, I want to give a content warning. This episode involves discussion of the sexual exploitation and abuse of a child. Listener discretion is advised. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello, listeners. Let me start by saying... I've never been into clowns, and especially not the type of clowns that can be hired to attend a children's birthday party for cheap and easy entertainment. There's something about an adult in makeup, wearing a ridiculous outfit, and getting close to kids that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Perhaps that's why I've always cringed at the thought and the presence of my hometown clown. Fortunately, by the time Dale Rancourt began making appearances around Cape Breton Island as Klutzy the Clown, I was old enough to not be at risk of being subjected to his brand of over-the-top and unrefined clownmanship. But for a period spanning a little more than a decade, you would have been hard-pressed to find a Cape Bretoner unfamiliar with Dale Rancourt and his character, Klutzy the Clown. He was both a children and adult entertainer, bouncing his way between birthday parties, old folks' homes, social gatherings, and public events, doing, well, being a clown, and not an especially good one. His makeup and his outfit were as modest as the Ghostbusters-themed car he would randomly shout out the window to kids in. The only skills that Dale Rancourt seemed to have were an ability to stretch a buck, a knack for self-promotion, and a serious lack of inhibition. He certainly wasn't universally respected, but somehow he managed to find a place for Klutzy the Clown in Cape Breton's entertainment economy. But it's all gone now. Both Dale Rancourt and Klutzy the Clown are far beyond redemption. Of all the rules society places on the adults we trust around our children, Dale Rancourt broke a few of the most important ones. Good evening, everyone. We begin here tonight with sex charges against a well-known children's entertainer in Cape Breton. Dale Rancourt, better known as Klutzy the Clown, was in a Sydney courtroom this afternoon. Ryan, what more can you tell us about this? Dale Rancourt, better known as Klutzy the Clown, made a very brief court appearance this afternoon in Sydney on four sex-related charges involving a minor. Over the course of a multi-part series, I'll be unpacking this awful story. And we're going to start things off tonight. I've invited fellow Cape Bretoner and my good friend Aaron to join me for a discussion surrounding the disgraced Cape Breton clown. So let's get into it. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime, Aaron and I will discuss the disturbing story of Dale Rancourt, a man better known as the disgraced clown, Klutzy. Aaron Corbett, before we get into Dale Klutzy the Clown Rancourt, 
Let's talk about clowns in general. I'll tell you, I've always found them creepy. Are you are you a clown guy or a clown kid? <laughs> a clown kid. Sounds like a gang of some kind that used to roam the neighborhood, <laughs> just uh, rubbing balloons on people and making their hair stand up. <laughs> a clown guy? No, no. I. This is the thing. If you grew up in the '80s and onward, I don't think you're a clown person. Yeah. What What's different for us? Was it the movie It? I don't like, think I want, it like... started on the movie It, but I think it put a stamp on it. I think mm. there was because I think like Poltergeist had like a really scary clown moment in it that really creeped me out. Um, thing like the clown in his room or something like comes alive or something. Anyway, some listener can correct us on that, but mm. there is a creepy clown moment in Poltergeist, but it seemed like to me in the eighties, um, Hollywood started to really turn clowns more evil. There was always a darkness to them. I feel. Mm -hmm. uh, like a darkness to clowns because you think about the makeup and a painted smile on your face and you would think who's behind a painted smile it seemed to me it'd be, it would be someone dark yeah yeah definitely I, I've, I've always found it unsettling and then the idea of having like the kind of clown that klutzy was that we'll talk about which is like the clown where you could pay a low rate and have them show up at your kid's birthday party and just you know, kill an hour is basically what they, that kind of clown was designed for. Like I, the idea of going to a party where someone like that would show up and just do a thing for me is <laughs> like the cringiest kind of feeling. I've never been yeah. at a party with a clown, no. but I feel like I would want to wait outside. Uh, to me, clowns are um, just creepy and evil mm. and the stuff of nightmares. And that it's been that way since kids, since I was a kid, but yeah. it's really like that whole, the whole idea of that kind of comes true in Klutzy's story, our neighborhood clown. Yeah, um, yeah, and our I local we'll, clown. But I, I was, and I think when I first heard of Klutzy, I was surprised that there was even people still kind of doing that, you know, after mm -hmm. kind of, I would have assumed at that point that people were over getting clowns for birthday parties and, and, and and that there wouldn't be any kids that would be interested in that. Yeah, well, you know what? A lot of things I find stick around a little longer in small town Nova Scotia. Mm. So like in Cape Breton, like it, just as an example, I'll go to I'll go home to Cape Breton and I find I'll hear like music or see a, a style of clothing or something that I haven't seen for a while. And it just it kind of sticks around there. And I wonder if because like I wonder if clowns and having a clown as an entertainer at a birthday party just stuck around an extra 10 years than maybe it would in some other places. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I, I'm sure there's still lots of clowns around that do children's parties all over the world. But because there's all different types of clowns, too. There's a type of clown that klutzy was, you know, the birthday party clown, balloon animals, you know, uh, bouncy tents and like things like that kind of a, what you would think of a typical party clown would be. There's like the circus clown, which is like not far off from what klutzy is, but is more of like a lot of them you would see would be like, they almost look like hobos or homeless mm. people. And uh, they would have the dark scruff on their face and they would uh, be carrying the stick with the handkerchief tied to it. 
that's like a circus clown that would come in and out and entertain the audience in between some of the bigger acts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, in the theater, like there's, you know, clowning is a very respected art form in the theater, you know, that mm-hmm. ability to, you know, perform with just your body and to do clowning and, that's mm-hmm. still like respected to this day. That hasn't been tarnished by Hollywood or, or um, anything like that. Um, but it's kind of a different thing. It's a whole different can of worms. Yeah, the the type of clown that Klutzy is is yeah your standard birthday party clown. Yeah, where there's not really like a talent to it, unless like I guess the talent that someone who is successful doing what Klutzy did their talent would just be the ability to like communicate with children and, you know, always be on, I guess is kind of where the talent would come in, but really what the way his business would work, would have worked back then is you would hire him to come to a kid's birthday party. He would show up dressed as Klutzy the clown driving a car that was kind of set up like a transformer looking thing that Mm -hmm. he did himself. And he would, I don't know if he even did really like, elaborate balloon animals or anything it was more just kind of like playing guitar and being klutzy this clown but what i think was unique about klutzy and what i definitely want people to get is how like um how much a part of cape breton he was like everybody knew klutzy as a as as a local business or as a character like you would see his name on billboards advertising you know there's uh it's the town's 50th birthday he's going to be down on the waterfront doing something or you would see him at the mall in costume or see like i think he drove a car that had like klutzy all down the side a lot of things on his car i remember like it was it was decorated in a very specific way where when it drove by you knew oh that's i think it had the ghostbusters symbol on it do you remember that Yeah, he had he had a couple different vehicles because he had um a transformers one and then Mm. a ghostbusters one and when i say like a ghostbusters car it was almost like like it wasn't like a replica or anything it was a really crappy diy it just seemed like an old subaru with a ghostbusters sticker on it yeah or something like like that if you had like 800 bucks and you're like, I want to make a Ghostbuster car, like this mm-hmm. would kind of be. And I don't think it was a Ghostbusters car to any other effect other than that it had the sticker yeah, on it. I remember it being painted white. I, I think I think there was a bunch of other like junk on it too that wasn't related to Ghostbusting. <laughs> Unrelated to Ghostbusting. Um, yeah, well, maybe maybe my memory, like, because a lot of what I remember of Klutzy is like 15 years ago. I've never been anywhere he was actually performing. Although the one encounter I had with him, I was at the mall in Sydney, uh, the Mayflower Mall where Frankie McDonald's is often at. So the mall's famous for Frankie. Mm -hmm. And there was like an ice cream store and I was in there getting an ice cream with someone, maybe it was you, but while I was in there getting an ice cream, uh, Dale Rancourt dressed as klutzy came in not like hired to be there but he still kind of came in and was walking around at the tables like just like saying hi to people and being like you know just being a clown to the kids trying to make people laugh and (laughs) passing out like business cards and stuff and i remember being like thinking like what is that person like that's so weird I, i i just remember being put off by it have you had any encounters with this clown 
Um, I've never, I mean, I've seen them around. Like I go to the mall, like I, I guess the mall is a spot that Klutzy shows up. But, and, and shows up like um, in character, right? Like you've seen him in character? Yeah, I think he's been hired for several, like when they're having some kind of a festive event at the mall, like during the summertime and they had like maybe like uh, some outdoor kind of things going on for kids, Klutzy would be there and just kind of interacting with the children. Um, <laughs> So I never physically had any uh, encounters with Klutzy, although when I was going to business school um, in our first year, at the end of our first year, we had to do a big marketing plan and it was a competition. Uh And so we were all earlier into the year sectioned off into groups of four or five or six or whatever it was. And we all had to pick, each group had to pick a local business, a real local business to partner with to do a marketing plan on. And then at the end of the term, we would all present our marketing plans to a group of people from the business community and they would judge and and determine who had the best marketing plan. And that was like the big event at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And when we started at the beginning of the term, our marketing instructors said that um that every year there's usually a few local businesses that volunteer to have marketing plans done and that year there was one local business that had volunteered and it was klutzy the clown so um so the marketing instructor said okay everybody um we have one volunteer business already so whoever wants it let me know and then you know everybody else will have to cold call some local businesses and, and and find their own company to do the marketing plan on. So there was one group that I was fine cold calling businesses. So I, I didn't mind. So I was like, nah, I'm not really feeling the klutzy, the clown thing. I think we can find something better. <laughs> so let another group take them. So there was another group that maybe they weren't really, they didn't really want to take time to call businesses. So they accepted klutzy's offer to have, to work with him with the marketing plan. So, okay. And then I didn't think anything of it past then, but then a few months into it, some of the members of the group that were doing the marketing plan on Klotzi had approached the instructor and said, we have some concerns about, um, about uh, doing our business plan on Klotzi because I guess they found when they were looking through his social media that, and this is just what I was told. So again, I should clarify, this is all what I was told from some of the other classmates. So I'll yeah. clarify that. But um, they said that they found that he was following some porn stars or something with his social media accounts. I don't know which ones. Okay. So, just not a good look for a clown. Just not a good look. Like again, not against the law or anything. And like, you know, lots of people follow porn stars on their social media mm-hmm. for various reasons. But <laughs> if you're in the children's entertainment business, perhaps not a very smart, you know, practice. So they had expressed some concern about that and wondered if they should continue with the marketing plan. And then they decided to do it. So at the end of the year, um, we presented all of our marketing plans and Klutzy showed up to watch. So he was there all dressed up and, um, in character watched. He was like half and half. He was like, you know, he wasn't doing the full whoop-de-doo 
kind of thing. He was just, <laughs> he was just, he had some makeup on and like he had a couple of pieces on, like maybe a flower on his chest or like whatever kind of a few random things just to look festive. Okay. And yeah. And he sat and watched the whole thing. So, wow. Um, Mm-hmm. Interesting story. How would you describe the perception of Klutzy in the community? I, I would say maybe the crew I ran with, which you're a member of, a lot of us just weren't really clown people. So I often, whenever I saw him or he drove by, we would often kind of like roll our eyes or cringe. Mm-hmm. Like I saw him kind of as um, someone without, with not a great reputation. And I remember my like my dad making cracking jokes about klutzy like how did you perceive him or perceive the community's perception of him i guess like um i didn't have much of an opinion on him like i knew you know i knew he was around all the time and and i thought there was a part of me that was like oh good for him for actually making a go of it Mm -hmm. you know setting up because i didn't have any kind of uh information about him you know, to, to, to have any kind of opinion of his character. Yeah. So to me, he was a man who set up a business as a clown. And I thought, wow, I'm, I'm impressed that he's made a go of it for so long. Yeah. Um, but like, to me, he was an easy target as well. Like it was, it was really easy to make fun of him because look at this adult man, he's a clown. He's going to in Cape Breton, he's going to children's parties and, he drives a really, you know, crappy car and shows up and he's not uh, the kind of clown that you would, even the way he's dressed and the activities that he's done, that he does, you wouldn't be like, wow, look at him go. You're just like, oh, he's a guy with some Halloween makeup on. Yeah. That's kind of- yeah. The way I've described it to people is if like, if you had 25 minutes to get a, in a clown costume and you had $15 to get supplies, you would like, you know, run to the dollar store, grab a couple things, quick shot to value village and just grab some weird shirt. And you're like, Oh yeah, I'm klutzy now. Like it's, mm. it's yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. classy or highbrow about it. There was nothing overly. And again, like, you know, it's the, the gig is showing up at parties because he got into things like the, the bouncy tent rentals and, he was dipping into a lot of that too. So it wasn't just the persona of klutzy. It was the things that he brought to the party. Yeah. You know, the bouncy tent, the, that's really the only thing I can think of. I know there was more, you know, the inflatable party kind of supply. Yeah. There was kind of like a taste. So he did the clown thing. Um, but he would also do like, he kind of was expanding his business is what I've learned. So he, you could pay him to show up at someone's house in a gorilla costume and mm-hmm. you know pass out flowers or like he would just kind of do any weird thing like that um but he like you said he was renting and doing like bouncy castles and inflatable kind of things but then at one point um i don't know what this was called we called it his fun house and we always said it in a weird voice but he bought- well, how can you even say the phrase fun house without yeah fun house? <laughs> but do you know the building i'm talking about no okay so klutzy at one point but it actually like this was right before it all went down but klutzy bought or rented a building near my dad's house and i'm pretty sure it was a it was an abandoned gas station and it looked like it should have been tore down years ago uh but it was just sitting there klutzy got it 
and put a coat of paint on it. I'm pretty sure it was kind of like an obnoxious blue. And I think he, I can't remember the exact name, but it was something like Klutzy's Funhouse. And it was kind of like a Klutzy the Clown version of an indoor playground. But instead of like nice kind of equipment and stuff, it's almost, again, like if you went to like Value Village or the Salvation Army and got a bunch of kids' toys and just put them in this old gas station and kids could mm. come in and like, play with the stuff and yeah like i don't know what it would even like it i couldn't imagine when it was open i remember saying like in a million years i would never let my kids go in that bizarre building with like this clown and a bunch of you know dirty old like ride on plastic it, it's almost like it looks like the worst daycare in the city sort of thing um and but it's all painted right. obnoxious but that was um not far from my dad's house, but when what goes down with Klotzi eventually goes down, that building uh, didn't have a lot of time to be open because it would eventually, uh, he wouldn't be around to run it anymore. Um, one thing, no. though, that I learned in researching Klotzi, he won the lottery at one point. I had no idea that a lot of his early funding and the stuff he bought, it was a, he won a sizable amount of money in a lottery, and that was how he funded a lot of his early stuff. He um, paid for some of his house. He bought a gym in North Sydney that he was using for not for clown stuff. It was, uh, you know, like just a straight up gym. But they would just where he trains clowns. <laughs> he doesn't train them in clowning. He trains them in combat. Yeah. Well, I, I learned a lot about him in his business because what I did, I guess before we get into his crime and all of that i'll tell you is i put a post on facebook when i was planning to do this episode saying if anyone worked for him or had any stories about klutzy or any experiences with him that you think would be interesting let me know and kind of like the glove guy episode i would compare it a lot to that because it was pretty much like the next morning i got up and i just had i was inundated with emails and i made the mistake of i have a separate phone i use for my podcast i had the phone number for the podcast phone in the uh in the like the posts on facebook so i'm flooded with text messages and it's just it's there are so many crazy stories that it, it's hard to fish through like what's true and what's real and what's exaggerated but like everybody has an odd story about him but one of the people i managed to get in touch with was someone who worked at his gym and they described um the way he treated the gym and how like a, a lot of the equipment like shouldn't have been in use anymore and there was a lot of like you know like duct tape holding holding the place together um but i guess that's uh that's not not a surprise given the the way he ran his business as, as a clown but well it's yeah when you're you know, if I were to do a marketing plan on Klutzy, I would advise them stick to your wheelhouse and, and don't open a random gym. Yeah, or a, like a fun house. Um, or, yeah, a fun <laughs> house. Actually, don't stick to your wheelhouse. Just <laughs> Yeah, cash out. Um, cash out. Take your lottery, lottery winnings and run. Another thing that I learned in doing all this is um, there's a documentary filmed about Klutzy. It's called Big Shoes. Uh, in fact, this what we're recording now is going to be part one of a two or three part series part two is going to be uh talking to the filmmakers who did the documentary about klutzy uh which basically is the story of a fellow who won the lottery and went on to follow his passion for clowning and become a clown 
turns out the documentary really didn't age well because of what will eventually happen. So when was the documentary made? It was like 20, I think 2013 off of memory. Wow. So like four or five years before the charges were placed against him. Wow. Wow. Um, so the documentary really doesn't cover when, when you go to Cape Breton now and you say Klutzy the Clown, the documentary doesn't uh, cover the story that people know and discuss. Um, and that was a thing that um, another one of my early imp impressions of Klutzy is I was trying to understand why he chose that name, Klutzy the Clown. Because to me, it was so close to Krusty the Clown, which was... The famous Simpsons character? One of the few redeemable clowns that I can think of mm. is, is Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons. But it was so close, and The Simpsons... And, and that's such a, such a popular character that I, I would have worried if I were choosing a clown name, I wouldn't want one that sounded so similar to Krusty's name because... You're going to get the two confused all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, in the documentary, I think they ask him about that. And one of the, the, the way he describes it is um, he knew he wasn't like talented as far as a clown and he'd make lots of mistakes. So by naming himself Klutzy and making the character like a klutz who screws up all the time, it's almost right. like an excuse for not knowing what he's doing. Okay. Because again, he has like he's. I'm, I don't believe he's any better at being a clown than you or I. Uh, the only th I think the only thing that makes him uh, able to do it or was or made him able to do it at the time was like a lack of inhibition <laughs> uh, that maybe um, would prevent us from being like I'm going to go to a children's party. Ah, eh, maybe you'd do it, but I would not go to a children's party <laughs> and you know just sing and dance or something. Right, right. Yeah. No, and and I wouldn't either. That's you, you know. That's a. That's a. I, I think I feel like you know the a, a good market there is is the people who dress up as like Disney princesses mm. and and action heroes, and they just kind of go in and pose for pictures and yeah. So like a kind of then, like a professional cosplay or yeah, yeah. Sort of that's thing. very popular right now. I find I you know when I. I think uh, Captain America showed up to my nephew's party one time. Okay. And, and he was awful, to be honest. He was definitely worse than, than, than Klutzy because he had no personality at all. And he, it, was, it was very visible in his, in his body language that he did not want to be there at all. That sucks. <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> I don't know if the kids picked up on that, but He's yeah. Hey, hey, kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, well, let's get on to what ha let's get into what happens with Klutzy. So, beating around the bush here, when when you see kind of a creepy clown children's entertainer, people will often think about the dark side of that and like you know that guy's a pervert. Uh, I have heard right. I've heard people say things about like that about Klutzy a thousand times. Um, right. When I first learned of the charges against him, I would say, I, like, I wasn't surprised that it happened, but at the same time, I was blown away that, like, wow, like, this insane thing is playing out in my hometown. Hey, 
Good evening, everyone. We begin here tonight with sex charges against a well-known children's entertainer in Cape Breton. Dale Rancourt, better known as Klutzy the Clown, was in a Sydney courtroom this afternoon. CTV's Ryan McDonald was there. He's joining us now live from the Sydney newsroom. Ryan, what more can you tell us about this? most shocking allegations tonight against a man who for more than 20 years has built a business, indeed a reputation, as a children's clown and entertainer here in Cape Breton. Dale Rancourt, better known as Klutzy the Clown, made a very brief court appearance this afternoon in Sydney on four sex-related charges involving a minor. He's under uh, four charges, two charges of did un with an unlawful purpose, touch a minor under the age of 16 years, also a charge of sexual assault with the same complainant. And the last charge is as a person in authority did touch the same person for a sexual purpose. These are very serious charges. Rancourt has been remanded back into custody at the Cape Breton Correctional Centre pending a bail hearing scheduled for tomorrow. The Crown is opposing his release. Do you remember like when you learned and, and how you felt when you learned that Klutzy was facing charges? Yeah, I remember it coming up because, again, when when you see, you know, a, a man who's a clown in a small town, you know, kind of in the, in the modern era, um, you know, decades after Bozo the Clown was a respectable kind of uh, children's entertainer, like, now it's more when you see uh, maybe an older man who's a clown doing children's parties, your mind instantly goes to... Oh, is he a creep? Is he a pervert? Sit on my lap. You know, th that's kind of yeah. That's where your, unfortunately, that's where your mind goes. Mm -hmm. um, and then for it actually, but then there's a part of you that doesn't like you joke about it. Like, oh, is he a pervert? Is he a creep or something? And maybe you joke about it with your friends, but then when it actually something happens and charges are placed, it you're like, wow. That's it, you know, the thing that a lot of people joked around about, like, actually, it's actually could yeah. be true. So you're like, OK, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's bizarre and it was horrific. But I remember as this it was around 2016, I believe that he was actually arrested and charged. It was huge news at the time. Everybody was talking about the fact that he was charged and every because, again, everyone knew Klutzy. Um, but very few details of the case seemed to surface. Like, I was following it, but not much was said. I know there was a publication ban due to a child being involved, and maybe that was what kind mm -hmm. of uh, prevented the press from giving too much details on what had happened. Like, do you even now, like, we're talking a couple years after even his trial, do you even know the story of what actually what he actually did? Um. I have like a, my memory from the time, I remember something about a young girl that maybe lived with him. I'm not sure how far it went, but it went to the point where uh, charges were placed and, um, and, and, and the rest is history. But so that's about as much as I know. I don't know any gory details. I don't know anything other than, um, 
that she was around 15. She lived with him and there was an inappropriate relationship or something. Yeah. And it's um, one of the things that when I was going through, like kind of learning about Klutzy and Dale Rancourt, I call him Klutzy. I think whether he's in or out of character, I wouldn't call him Dale Rancourt. He's Klutzy to me. But uh, nor could I think of his name quick enough to say it uh, in order to kind of say it in a podcast. I'd always have to say, yeah, Um, in learning about him, one of the things that I did was got the all the court documents. So in a moment, I'll read through. He ended up pleading guilty to the charges. And a part of a guilty plea is there's a agreed statement of facts where it's basically, I'm guilty. Here's what happened. Like, here's the facts of it. So I'll read right. through those in a moment. But, but I think to give some context, I told you I had the Facebook post and a ton of people were writing to me, sharing their stories. A very common story that came up was that the people that would work for Klutzy, like parents would write me and say, I had him over to, you know, my four-year-old's birthday party. And he showed up with two workers with him that seemed to be maybe like, um, maybe like learning disability or kind of have special needs or something. And they, they would just, and they described like Klutzy seemed to have sort of a dominant kind of presence over these coworkers that seemed either underage or vulnerable in some way and he wasn't treating them well so I've, I've heard from multiple people who told me that he was hiring and having people working for him that the relationship didn't seem healthy then i've also heard from people who said they were working for him and he was paying them well below minimum wage or getting them mm. him to do things that just wasn't appropriate um and i think that i'm only saying that because that may give some context to this story so right. I'll re- I'm going to read the agreed statement of facts. It's not that long, but it's um, it gives the warts and all details of what happened. And there is still a publication ban on identifying the victim. Uh, and even if there wasn't, I wouldn't want to identify the victim. So I no, may skip through no. some of it here. So I'm going to read from it here. So again, he's, he's charged. Uh, it pleads guilty. And this is the statement of facts that's presented. So till, until his arrest on October 16, 2016, the 51-year-old accused was the owner of a well-known local party business, Klutzy Clown, Inc. The accused would entertain at various parties and functions for both adults and children and would perform as Klutzy the Clown. The victim was a 15-year-old female. At the time of the offenses, the victim had a young child from a separate relationship. Various members of the victim's family had been known to the accused, to Klutzy, years before, and some had passed employment with the accused or Klutzy's entertainment business. The victim met the accused through volunteer work and was employed by him on a part-time basis starting late May 2016. So that tells me it was like this victim was probably volunteer working for him a little bit and then got hired part-time. The first aspect of any sexual relationship took place on July 17, 2016, while at the accused shop, which I believe is that fun house. He he kissed her on the lips. She described it as a peck and caught her that caught her by surprise. The accused briefly touched her buttocks and kissed her a second time. She described herself as first rejecting the second advance, but they ended up kissing again. She described the kissing as a both way type thing at the time. The next day, the accused, who was 51-year-old, invited the 15-year-old to his home. He suggested they could use the swimming pool. A few days later, after the invite, she attended his residence with her young child. While in the pool, the accused picked her up by her legs and waist. They both kissed. 
The accused held her buttocks and put his hand under her breast. She stated that they continued making out. The third sexual encounter occurred in early August and this time advanced to sexual intercourse. She attended the accused's residence alone. During the visit, the accused began putting his, his hand down her pants. The conduct continued as the parties entered his bedroom where sexual intercourse took place. The victim spent the night at his residence. And the next day, he requested that she and her child move in with him, and she did so later that month. The victim resided with the accused at his residence on a full-time basis from approximately August 2016 until the first week of October 16. From July 17, 2016, to the first week of October, the victim indicated that there had been approximately 10 to 15 sexual-related encounters with intercourse occurring on six occasions. As the victim stated, she thought the accused was nice at first and that she moved in with him because she thought he cared about her and was willing to help with her child. She had been suffering from anxiety and depression. In late September, she had thoughts of self-harm, and she described her self-esteem as being very low. She sought medical assistance and her child was placed in care of a relative. The victim began to question the appropriateness of the 51-year-old accused relationships with her and the impact it had on her well-being. It was around this time that she finally confirmed the suspicions and told her mother and adult sister that the relationship with the accused was sexual. On October 15, the victim recorded a phone conversation she had with Klutzy. During this conversation, she referenced her child being taken out of her care and placed some of the blame on, the, on Klutzy. After her claims that she was manipulated by him, he could be hear, heard crying on the recording and responded, I can't talk right now. I'm just so broke up inside. The victim then specifically asked, Dale, why did you have sex with me? Why did you have sex with a 15-year-old girl? Klutzy responded, because I thought you loved me and I thought we were going to have something at the time. I thought we had a future together. Shortly after the recorded phone conversation, police were contacted. The accused was arrested on October 16, 2016. On October 18th, two days later, he had been released by way of a court recognizance. The release conditions prohibited the accused from having contact with the victim and from attending any place where persons under the age of 18 would usually attend. However, on two occasions between November 3rd and 10th, the accused attended a family resource center to drop off donations. The accused, Klutzy, was aware that the victim had been involved in a program at that same location. As a result of attending the Family Resource Center, the accused was rearrested on October 12th. The accused was denied bail and had been continuously in custody into tri until trial. Mm. So that's this. That, that's as much as we know about what happened. Again, he pleads guilty in in his sentence. If you don't know, it was um, he was sentenced on uh, May of 2017. He got two years in prison, mm -hmm. followed by two years of probation. 51-year-old Dale Rancourt will spend the next two years in a federal jail. Plus, he was handed 24 months probation for sexual assaulting a girl who was 15 at the time. He took advantage of a situation uh, that clearly he was in a position of trust and authority over her as a young child and abused that position to
to his advantage. The sentence was part of a joint recommendation from Crown and Defense. The fact Rancourt didn't have a prior criminal record played into the decision. It would indeed. Uh, it's a mitigating factor under the law and in fact it was taken into consideration by both counsel, both Crown and Defense and the judge when we arrived at the sentence that we arrived at. The defense noted Rancourt takes full responsibility for what he did and realizes his career as a children's entertainer is over. His plan is to move back to Ontario after his prison term. He's all along said that he's the guy that's responsible for this and all he simply wanted to do was arrive at the appropriate sentence for what, what has occurred. In a victim impact statement submitted to the court, the girl says what happened destroyed her emotionally and physically. It's affected her quite, uh, quite uh, profoundly. Um, she indicated in that victim impact statement she has uh, ongoing fear that um, Mr. Rancourt will contact her again and that uh, she will likely be dealing with these matters for the rest of her life. Rancourt will now be transported to Spring Hill Institution where he will begin serving his sentence. Yeah, I remember him getting two years and then I wasn't sure what other kind of sentences there were after that like there was probation yeah. and things there's but. yeah probation for two years but then there's other things that come with it he's uh, on their oh sex there's offender sex list. Offenders, uh, offenders registry yeah for 20 years or something or yeah lifetime firearm ban and his dna will be on file but it's um when when i read through the judge's decision like i won't read all that but the judge will in in making their sentencing decision they compare to similar cases and they think about factors that may influence a harsher sentence and factors that may lead to a, a briefer sentence and they talked about how um he had never been in trouble before he had no criminal record um that was one of the things that made them err on the lower end but mm. at the same time he was in a position of trust right the victim was only 15 and he was 51 years old um and that was kind of a mitigating factor but i think like two years that surprises me i i thought if you did something like that it would be i thought that's sent the punishment would be harsher even for a first-time offender yeah and i'm not sure what the usual punishment is um but i guess i guess there's a lot of factors that they consider when they're determining that so i'm not sure if there's a a standard sentencing for that type of crime i guess they like you were saying the judge uh, considered uh, yeah. several different things yeah there's such a spectrum mm. of you know factors that would that's why it's always a range like a sentencing you know or right. a, a maximum or minimum sentence and they they got up weigh everything to see where it falls but i think like in his case this what really like his his major punishment is that this story has completely shut him down right. like he i'm sure he's not in cape breton i'm sure he will never go back to cape breton he was originally from ontario and had moved to Cape Breton and had the business going down there. But it's like his time in Cape Breton is definitely done. He would not be well. Oh, no, like it's anywhere. It's too small of a town to be able, especially a case like that, that was national news. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, he's so recognizable as that, as Klutzy the Clown, even without the makeup, he's he's going to be known everywhere he goes here as yeah as the sex offending clown
The man better known as Klutzy the Clown remains in jail tonight pending a bail hearing, and he is now dealing with more than just criminal charges. A suspicious fire has destroyed his home just days after he allegedly breached his release conditions on sex charges. So I imagine he's moved on from here. Is he, is he back in Ontario or? In the sentencing decision that I read through, his um, the judge described that his father, who lived in Ontario, was um, kind of at the end of life, uh, like in poor health, and Klutzy wanted to go be with his dad. Uh, so I, I would imagine that when if his dad was still alive, when he got out of prison about two years ago, that would have been where he was going. He has other family there as well. So I, I would bet he went back to Ontario and I am pretty confident he's not working as a clown. I am um, in my Facebook posts when I was asking people for information, I had a lot of people write that had encounters with him in Ontario before he moved to Cape Breton. Oh. He started as a clown there, but I had no uh, people write to me about his current whereabouts or what he's up to now so i'm sure he's laying low and is probably not entertaining children i would and if he is then <laughs> so there's yeah, yeah there's a, the the entire system is broken if if he's mm -hmm. being allowed to to continue to do that but yeah i would assume he's he's lying low maybe he's got um you know, some kind of a standard job somewhere, or maybe he's just trying to win the lottery again. Yeah. Well, and then what about the victim? Like, fortunately, throughout all this, the victim, a 15 year old, thank goodness their name didn't get mixed up in this. Like, I'm sure, like, I, I'm sure, like, their family or close people would know what happened, mm -hmm. but they, they, um, I'm glad that they're, and, and again, as I mentioned, there's a publication ban. So, thank goodness that they weren't kind of tied into the story in any way because it's an awful story and i can imagine as the victim it would be you know so much worse going through this if your picture and your name were plastered all over newspapers and social media and mm -hmm. and all of those things it would just make it that much more uh, challenging to go through something like this so yeah. uh, th those well, bans are really important those publication bans. yeah and, and luckily in this case as well like for the victim is they recorded him you know that and you heard in the statement of facts there was that phone call right. where they they straight up asked him like why would you be having sex with a 15 year old and he admits to it so there there leads no question but if like if that call hadn't have happened it, it could easily become a, oh, a he said she he said, said she, thing and yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, at least that made it quick and easy. He pled guilty, so he took the sentence. Um, I did hear from someone who was in prison with him, and they said he certainly did not have a good time in prison, um, being um, a child sex offending clown. Um, wasn't welcome at the card tables. I guess no, is I wouldn't a, imagine an understated way to put what they described to me i thought of um i got so many emails and texts and stuff from people that i almost thought about like connect, calling a bunch of people doing a bunch of short interviews to get all these statements um in these little pieces of the story but what i found was happening was the the version of klutzy that people talk about now it's so 
it's so different because of the way he's he's viewed that people like I was getting so many people who were like he was a disgusting pervert and I knew it and and it's just like I don't I don't know how accurate the version of the mm -hmm. their memory is because everything is so tainted by this one crime so people were telling me about you know experiences they had with them three years prior um so in the end i opted not to use much of the stuff that was sent to me but i think i might do something with it it's just it's it's kind of impossible to figure out what's exaggerated and what's true yeah what's, yeah you know, what's altogether false um which actually i should get into this i i had a really weird thing happen unrelated to klutzy i guess okay. so i told you on the Facebook post, I started to tell you a bit about this the other day, but I'll give you the whole story is I made the Facebook post saying, like, if you worked for Klutzy or an experience with, had an experience with Klutzy, email me at here or call or text me at my the podcast phone number and check my phone like two or three days later. And I got what looked to be like a pretty serious text. And it's like, hey, like I got a story about Klutzy and you're not going to believe it. It sounds nuts, but this is true. And I'll talk to you about it. And I was like, yeah, like, I, what do you got to say kind of thing? And what they had told me in their response was like, and they kept using their name. Like, yeah, my name is, and I'll make a fake name. They're like, yeah, my name is John Doe. Um, I met Klutzy and I trusted him and he sexually assaulted me. And you're not going to believe this, but I think my dog and then he said the dog's name rover let's say <laughs> and my name is john doe by the way so i was like i read that text and i'm like this is just nuts but this guy keeps like he's giving me his name he's willing to talk like so let's see where this goes so i was like yeah like i'd like to know more um you know can we talk sometime yeah my name is john doe i'll definitely talk to you soon like what's a good how can we connect um and i started to think like it's weird that he keeps saying his name. It's weird that he's so willing to talk about this crazy story about like a clown abusing, like sexually assaulting his dog. And he's telling me his dog's name. It's like, it didn't make any sense. So I went on Facebook and I searched the name that he was giving me. I'm John Doe's the fake name I'm saying, but he gave, was giving me an actual unique name. So I searched it and I found this profile picture of this, guy from cape breton <laughs> like holding his holding a dog and i'm like what the hell is this so i wrote to the guy i sent him a message and i'm like is your dog's name you know rover by chance and the guy writes back and he's like weird like i had a dog named rover but he died you know two and a half years ago why like how do you know that who are you <laughs> and i told him i said someone's um i explained who i am i make a podcast and i'm looking soliciting info on this story and someone wants to talk to me and i'm pretty sure they're pretending to be you and they have a crazy story and right away then this guy who i'm writing on facebook is like whoa like can you record the calls where are they calling you from and he goes on to tell me that for the last like year and a half somebody has been setting up like fake instagram accounts and fake Facebook accounts and putting up like dirty photos, not of him, just random dirty photos from the internet wow. of, and like sending them to this guy's people and the police were involved. He has no idea who's doing it or why he's like, I don't have any enemies. I have no idea who's doing this to me. So well, everybody kind of has an enemy somewhere. So he shouldn't say that. Yeah. Good point. But he's just like, I'm just a regular guy. Like, I don't know what, where this is stemming from. 
Um, so then I was, I believed him right away that this is what's happening. So I said to him, I was, I was like, I'll, I'll, you know, let's see what we can he do. Answered, I'll work with you. We'll try to see if we can figure out who this I person is. Who I was. So again, they've been hung up on me. me. <laughs> and so I thought, then when I, call them then when I called back, it was like, basically, I can't remember exactly what the message was, but it was that your number's blocked or they're not accepting your calls. But I managed to get enough recorded so that I had this person clearly saying hello. Um, which I um, promptly passed along to the Cape Breton Regional Police. Wow. <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, anyway, so that was just kind of a weird sidetrack. But in the end, uh, Klutzy did not um, sexually assault this man's dog, uh, but somebody on the internet is trying to damage the guy's reputation by... I guess he was trying to get me to talk about that, or maybe... I'm trying to wrap my mind it. around why trying to convince a podcast host that a clown had, you know, sexually assaulted his dog. Like what is, what is that doing to the guy whose identity he's stealing? All I can imagine is the Facebook post that I made looking for information. If you look at that post, it was shared like, you know, a couple hundred times, mainly across like uh, from people from Cape Breton. So I think maybe this person who was out to get this other person just saw someone share this post and be like, huh, yeah i'll text them and yeah you know, maybe, maybe it's it kind of just... spaghetti against the wall kind of uh routine where it's like i'm gonna try anything and everything to humiliate this person so that includes it's a little brazen yeah. it's a little brazen though to actually text me and stuff. yeah like they went so far to the point where you, they're gonna get caught doing that you know that like it's once voices and phone numbers and and all of that get involved and it's such a traceable thing yeah but is it like i don't and, and then i was thinking like is it criminal or just stupid no I, I don't know but it's i don't know what the law is know. on pretending to be somebody and making up stories but yeah it's certainly not cool but either way it's just like as i was going through this whole crazy story about a like a sex offending clown in the hometown in my hometown that whole thing was playing out so i'd be reading mm. stuff about klutzy going through old you know news reports about him going through the court documents at the same time trying to catch this like guy catfishing i guess I, it wouldn't even really be catfishing i don't know what you would say he yeah. was doing but Sorry to interrupt the episode like this, but I want to take a moment and tell you about some bonus content that's on its way to the nighttime premium feed. But first, for those of you unfamiliar, let me remind you that there is a separate and a much better nighttime podcast feed than the one you're listening to this on. What makes it better, you ask? Well, the premium feed is listener-funded, so you won't hear distracting ads like this or any of the others you had to sit through. Secondly, the episodes are often released in advance, sometimes by days. But most importantly, the premium feed includes exclusive episodes and content than you won't find here on the free feed. As an example, once part one and two of the Klutzy series are released here on the free feed, I'll be adding a part three, which will be exclusive to the premium feed, in which I'll read and discuss the many, many emails I got from people willing to share their memories and experiences with Klutzy. If you're interested in this story, you're not going to want to miss that episode. I should also mention that all annual premium feed subscribers will receive a free nighttime welcome pack that includes stickers, buttons, and magnets. So if you want to go premium, you can do it at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. 
That's patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. But I guess that's about it. Anything else you want to say about klutzy or about clowns? Well, I'm, I'm curious to see where clowns go in the next 50 years to 100 years. Like where, where do clowns end up? Because they're still deep in the evil reputation that uh, mainstream media and Hollywood and, and all that has has done. Because like, but one clown that we haven't talked about is Ronald McDonald. And Ronald is still used not as much as he used to be, but they still use Ronald a little bit, don't they? Mm-hmm. And like they're some of their like, uh, like charitable kind of, uh, well, they, they have Ronald McDonald house. McDonald's has Ronald and McDonald house, yeah. which is like the name, but I, I can't remember the last time I seen like, a human dressed as Ronald no, McDonald they don't do that anymore. Ad. But they still use a bit of the images, I think. Like when it comes to the charity work, and I'm going to ask my son a little later yeah. who Ronald McDonald is and see if he knows because he knows everything about McDonald's. Right. But that'll just be a good like kind of canary in the coal mine to see mm. if he if Ronald is out there, uh, it probably like as as a character. Right. But yeah, but I think. I like clowns as as an enter as a children's entertainer. I think is done. Kids are beyond that. Clowns now, like remember the whole um, spooky clown phenomena? Oh, and people were dressing up as clowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, was thinking I, about that earlier today when when we were talking about recording this, and I'm like, oh yeah, like a few years ago there was this kind of fad about, um, and it was happening like all around the all world, are, pretty much. At least all around North, North America, America, at least. And I think it was even happening like in, in some other countries once it started to catch fire. But people would yeah. dress up as a creepy clown and just kind of stand in the woods where people would walk by or maybe they would stand on the side of the road or even or, go or as far like as to playground. walk up to people and like try to be a creepy clown next to them and scare them and or jump out at them. Like it was... It was getting to the point. I remember it was happening around Cape Breton too. It was starting to happen around here once it was really catching on. Yeah, I saw actually. I saw one of the articles that I came across when the uh, scary clown fad phenomena thing started. It was a Cape Breton article that um, had a short, a few short statements from Klutzy. Oh, really? saying like you know this is damaging to the clowns uh clowns yeah, have, yeah the, the, the damage was 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 long before these creepy clowns came around but but it's gonna take uh one amazing clown to turn this around like maybe someone will come around and become a very popular clown and they're well there's actually do you know who blippy is oh i've heard of blippy yeah yeah, so Blippy is a um, a YouTuber who is probably the closest thing to what you're describing. He sort of dresses as a clown, and what he like my uh, youngest son was loving his videos. And what Blippy would do is he would just kind of someone would follow him with a camera, and he would just go kind of experience a place. So it'd be like you know Blippy at I don't know whatever this playground, and he'd just be like. Oh, look at this slide weed he'd slide down <laughs> it and it would and if you look like it sounds crazy you'd look at his yeah. video and it'd be like you know 74 million views right so right. 
I think, um, yeah, yeah, Blippy is probably the closest thing that clowns have to a savior. Yeah, and the clowns need a savior. Um, but I think it's going to take more than Blippy. I think just the appetite for entertainment that children would have nowadays is just kind of beyond what a clown can provide. On YouTube, that kind of thing is that may work yeah but, but it's going to take a big pixar movie to be able to do it like it's going to take mm. a big disney style pixar film that blows up and all, all the kids love it that's about clowns that will bring clowns back as children at least for a again. short amount of time yeah and then it depends i mean that that would be steering it back into the right direction again going back to yeah that would like give it a chance yeah it'll give it a chance and then maybe it'll inspire people to get into clowning and and becoming good wholesome clowns and and uh-huh. clowns will be back you know and the, and the parties will will continue um except it will never be the same in cape breton i have a feeling I agree. that yeah, uh, yeah it's gonna take a long I, time I, before clowns are welcome back here I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I in our discussion surrounding Dale, Klutzy the Clown, Rancourt. This story is dark and difficult to tell for obvious reasons, but I hope it serves as a bit of a warning. A warning to those in position of trust that there are serious consequences for taking advantage of your role. And also, a warning to people out there to simply be careful who you trust around your children. And with that, I'll wrap up this episode of Nighttime, but before we part, I'm going to give thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing his evening with me and with the listeners of Nighttime. Next, a big shout-out to Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. And lastly, a massive thanks to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take some weight off the show's back, listen on the premium feed. It only costs about as much of a cup of coffee, but it'll help stoke the fires that keep this show going. You can subscribe at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And with that said, let me thank the newest supporters of the show. Kinsey, Jonathan, and Anne-Marie, thank you for subscribing to the premium feed. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it financially, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know about what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas or if you want to give feedback on the show, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact, or you can find me on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and stay the hell away from clowns. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright. Jordan Bonaparte.